0: Welcome to the FitMind Project with your hosts, me, Laura Ash.
1: And me, Barry Ash.
0: So guys, welcome to this evening's podcast and webinar. It's fantastic to have you all here today with us. Um, So today, we have a bit of a treat for you, don't we? We do.
1: I'm going to say it, I'm going to get it out of the way, I'm going to clear the air, look into the eyes, not around the eyes. Look into the eyes, not around the eyes
0: otherwise? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so we have one of our mentors today who has agreed to come and talk to you guys. And we are very excited by it.
1: Super, super excited.
0: Please let us welcome Mr. Tim Box. Now, I've put all of your letters after your name. Uh, bear with yeah, me two yeah, seconds. So. I'm just going to uh, say they are. Barry, would you like to read them?
1: Where am I reading? They
0: Whoa. are... We've got a... Dipka, Hubtka, Fumaka, and Munkaka. That's, that's it. So that's <laughs> after your
2: name.
1: <laughs> a
0: so, Tim is actually a remedial hypnotist who runs hmm. his own full-time hypnosis practice in Kent, which he's done for the past five years, as well as being an associate of one of the top practices in London's Harley Street for the past three years. Now, Tim, after escaping the family planning business in 2009, um, actually started his journey to the world of hypnosis I think that's at the renowned plumbing. Family Plumbing. What did I say? Family Planning. Plumbing. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's not right. <laughs> um, and he started his training with the world renowned Hypno Arts Academy. Now, Tim. Um, in 2014 went on to become only a handful of people in the world to be awarded a fellowship of the academy as well as eventually becoming his own, you know, sort of, um, you know, uh, actual technique which we are learning as well at the the moment. So in 2015, Tim created his control system which you can see if you are live with us in, in the background there which is based on his experiences with his clients and his learnings from hundreds of one-to-one hypnosis sessions. Now, this is a system that we are learning from Tim. And I can tell you guys now, it's absolutely fantastic. And yes, it does create immediate change, which is fantastic. So um, this is the system we're learning. Now, Up and Coming for Tim, in July 2017, sees the release of his first book, Clear Your Head, which is a simple guide to enjoying your life without anxiety getting in the way. Um, Tim is also a very well-accomplished public speaker, and he d- delivers a lot of talks around hypnosis, mindset, and how to improve your thinking. So that's a little bit about Tim. So guys, please welcome Tim. Give him a big hello. Hello, Tim. It's great to have you with us today. You. How are you doing? You right? <laughs> <laughs> i
2: That's the one we've got time for today,
0: after the intro. We like to give our guests a very good intro so people know exactly who they are and what we're talking about, so yeah. So Tim, hypnosis, anxiety, first of all I thought it'd be really good for you to almost tell your story as to why you're sat here basically in front of us and why you're doing what you're doing before we dive in.
2: Yeah, okay. So there was um so you mentioned I was a plumber beforehand, yeah. um and that was not my calling at all. I was a very poor plumber, as it was, um and I was looking for something different and, and I came to hypnosis purely by accident. People often ask me what made you get into hypnosis and into remedial hypnosis, and I don't remember what, what got me doing hypnosis because I, I just did a weekend course. Um I just um a guy called John Chase who's my mentor in hypnosis. He was doing a weekend's uh, course up in Swindon, and I-, I chanced upon him by just seeing a YouTube video of his, and I'd always been interested in the mind and how it works. I didn- Philosophy at, uh, at, at degree level, so I was always a bit of a thinker rather than a doer. If you know what I mean, in terms of not so practical, yeah. So that's why the plumbing didn't come quite so naturally to me. Um, but it was—it uh, was something I was interested in. So I went and did it, and it just blew my mind. I couldn't—I couldn't believe the things that you could do with your own mind and with other people's mind, or that sort of thing. It just opened up a whole new world to me. So, but I was only doing it for um, for silly things, you know, just just like. Um, just mucking around, but almost like magic trick stuff. Same year, I learned to juggle. You know, it was just it was just a, a strange interest of mine. Um, and I used to have somebody that I would practice on, a friend. She was very kind. She would let me practice my new hypnosis techniques on her. So, but it was just stupid stuff down the pub. So, like, I'd stick her to a table, get her, get her name, um, you know, occasionally make her think the barmaid has stolen her boobs, things like that, you know. <laughs> Not things that I'm proud of, but things that you do when you suddenly find you've got magic powers. You know? I <laughs> but, don't blame um, you. But it was just... It was just stuff.
0: Huh? I don't know and I think you, you got her to forget the number four once and she actually had still forgotten it mm-hmm. so you had to put it back in, didn't you?
2: Uh, well yeah she can. we did it one, one day and, and a week later I was sort of practicing on her again and said, Oh funny I'm having such difficulty sometimes I can't remember the number between three and five when I'm at work. And I, and I think she was you know she was doing some form of account or something it was a of Oh Jesus Christ! Gotta put that back in there. So you know, you learn these things by experiment yeah. in some cases, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, and it was just. And then it was only when um, so we were we were doing something. I was I had the hand stuck to the table or something. He said, "Look, why don't you do something useful with this?" Yeah. Stuff? And I was like, "Well, I think I am. This is fairly good fun." Um, but then she said, "Well, I'm. You know, I've got." She was a nail biter. Basically, she had really, really bad. She would, she would only know she was biting her nails when she started to taste blood when she was oh, biting wow. on, the, on the sofa overnight. So, yeah, she was quite a bad neighbor. She said, oh, I'm getting married. I don't want to have false nails on my wedding day. Can you can you help me? And I was like, well, I've got no idea how to do this. I've not been trained in any sort of therapeutic or remedial work, so I've no idea. But we sort of, when we had a punt at it, I just said, oh, I'll have a go with it. You know, as unethical as it may sound, it wasn't. But I just did it like a stagehiftist would do it. I was like, you know hypnotised her, said, "Right, well, you don't bite your nails. You remember biting your nails, don't done anymore. One, two, wide awake, all that sort of thing. And we just assumed it hadn't worked. We just got on with our lives. Um, it was only about a week or two later when I saw her, and she, we were sort of chatting about something else, and she said, oh, gosh, I've got to tell you, by the way, all my nails have grown back. And um, it was just... It was just an amazing, sudden, revelatory moment. Um, and it was... I mean, I described it to you guys before, I think, like... Like the cartoons where the clouds part and the sun shines down, and you're like, and it was like that. That was the moment where I thought, right, that feels real. I mean, I had to, I had to leave the room. I was about to burst into tears. I couldn't believe the effect it had on me, just having achieved something. Um, you know, maybe seemingly so trivial, but certainly not to her. Um, and it just, it just took my life in a whole new direction. That was when I dived down the rabbit hole completely. Did all the trainings chased down all the mentors. We've got some very good mentors in this country, I think, in terms of hypnosis. We've got some of the best in the world. Um, and I just took advantage of being in close proximity to all the people who knew their stuff yeah. um, and just made it my life. Um, opened up a practice, started to do what I do, and, uh, um, yeah, never never really looked back. And that was what brought me into, into the world of, of hypnosis mm-hmm. and, and working with people on a remedial level, really.
0: Amazing. Um, yeah. And I appreciate... Yeah you know, even when you said about how you had to leave the room because you felt a bit tearful because you create that impact, you've yeah. almost given us that power. And I know when we've helped people with our case studies, that is how we feel. It is such a lovely experience, isn't it?
2: Well, it's amazing for me. It's like a whole new level of, of feeling, you know, fairly chuffed and smug. When I when I see you guys posting about your case studies and the amazing successes you're having. Like, when, Barry, when you posted the photo of somebody holding... The, the mouse, I think it was, that had a fear of rodents. I mean, that was—it's it's just lovely for me to see you taking the things that I'm teaching on to your clients and changing their lives. And it's—it's just—it's a whole new level of satisfying for me because it's, it's sort of by proxy. It's sort of you send people out to do it, and and you just see these amazing results. And uh, yeah, I can't—I can't. It's amazing. I can't even tell you. I mean, every day when you know I see clients every day, and, I'm, and they come back and they. They'll do a follow up and it, their lives will be changed, and they'll be, you know, and it's just as amazing for me every time. And it's this weird combination of expecting it to work every time and still being surprised when it does, <laughs> you know, because it just seems it's something
1: that so up, surprises. Because when I was dealing with that with the client with the, the the rodent problem, I was like, Yeah, right, that I've just been talking to her fingers <laughs> for like last 20 minutes. How's that going to change it? And literally, about an hour later, she goes first thing was a finger in the cage then the second picture was like on the yeah. hand i was like amazing.
0: <laughs> amazing 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 well, it's,
2: it's yeah. amazing that it's just it is um, so amazing it is so uh, easy, it's so easy so simple so
1: quick yeah that's why i, I, I think is the control it's so quick
0: so you've developed yes well i think a lot of the... go on no carry on tim well i
2: was going to say a lot of things that we the the bad patterns of thought we have the things we want to change they are kind of learned very quick. You know, there's one moment where we haven't got that belief and then we have. So changing that belief can be as fast. And I think that's what um, hypnosis and what we do with the control system, that's what it exploits is our ability to update our thinking and change and learn. And, and that's what we're doing. It's, um, it, we're just putting in new learnings, basically. Mm-hmm.
0: So you created the control system by which you can help mm-hmm. people with anxiety and obviously a multitude of other issues so tell us about the control system so we've got some background there
2: right okay it came about again it wasn't it wasn't by chance because it was through dissatisfaction with with old-fashioned trance hypnosis for me and when i say dissatisfaction not dissatisfaction of results it was absolutely fine but you know anyone that's had any hypnotherapy out there they'll know you you do this sort of lay on the couch, relax your toes, relax your feet, relax your ankles, relax your legs, you know, they sort of relax you into what we're hoping is going to be some sort of useful hypnotic state. Um, And I just got a little bit, um, is tired the right word? Um, Maybe dissatisfied is the best word I can think of, because it it takes a long time. Mm -hmm. And you find yourself sort of thinking, well, do I have to go through this laborious process? Because I would do this thing, and you guys, this is the technique I've been teaching you about speaking directly to your subconscious using idiomotor responses, which is automated movements of the fingers to signify responses from your subconscious. Um, now, I would always test whether the person that came into my room could do that on day one because my training from John is that not everyone will respond in the way you need them to. Um, so I'm always testing to say, well, can I work with you? Am I going to be able to effectively charge you money for doing something for you? Or am I going to have to send you away because I can't work with you? So I would always do that in the consultation and we'd establish, yes, we can work together. And then they do their first session proper. And then I'd start with all the relaxy, relaxy, sleepy, sleepy, all that sort of thing. And then I'd get the EDMO responses again. And I'm thinking, but I had those the other day in a few seconds. Yep. And now I'm taking half hour to get them. And I couldn't quite work out why we needed the trance aspect of yep. hypnosis. So I started to work without it. I just started to talk directly to people's subconscious and ask their subconscious to make changes for us. Um, and again knock me down with a feather if it wasn't working just as effectively as using the trance so then I started thinking well hang on a minute because one of my clients came back to me um we did a follow-up session and I remember this was the the session the last client before I was going on holiday a couple of years ago and um and she, it was a follow-up session she said you know what I left here the other day it was perfect everything was just right a couple of days later I realized it wasn't quite right it wasn't quite, quite it was good. it was good it was but something wasn't quite right and I said well okay let's let's work on that today and she said oh no 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 because that thing you did that technique that we did I did it for myself put it right everything's great Mm -hmm. she said I don't really need you do I oh, somebody's noticed and (laughs) and uh, and I sort of went away (laughs) with this thought in my head that okay you still need to teach somebody how they're going to have that conversation with the subconscious but they can have it themselves. Yeah. Um they know more about themselves than I know about them and the, most of the process of having therapy is that therapist finding out enough about them to be able to help them get where they need to be. So I started to well what if I could just break it down to a because si- I like a system. I like to have a step by step
0: system. We like systems. And
2: what if I could break down a system? Yeah well, you know this is it it's nice isn't it? It's, it's an instruction. It's like IKEA you get one to twenty you end up with a table. I'm happy with that. Well someone helped me understand. So um, so I just thought, right, let's break it down. And I just sat there on this holiday and, and my you know, Brit, my partner, and she was getting hella frustrated because <laughs> I was just with this notebook, Oh yeah, oh, that's right, yeah. And I was just sort of making all these annoying noises where I was I was working rather than holidaying basically. But um but it was very handy the holiday, because I had nothing else to think about. There was none of the the everyday detail of life that i could just sit there on a on a lounge around the pool and come up with this this system. By the end of the the holiday, I had the system and it, I called it control and then got back started running workshops and that's that's what I do now is run control workshops and train people like you good selves how to use this stuff for their clients and then teach them how to get control as well.
0: And it's, I think it's quite revolutionary what you've created.
2: Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't think there's anything new there. I'm not going to say, oh, I, and I magnificently came up with this work of genius that no one else had ever thought of, but I, had, um, I have... Uh, Oftentimes I've hit the therapists training to be practitioners, as you guys are, and what I hear from them is you've sort of taken all the bits, the bits that effectively work, the functional aspects of it, and kind of got rid of all the fluff, all yeah. the stuff that isn't maybe necessary or, or is just in the way to confuse us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sometimes we imagine it has to be really complicated yeah. or it couldn't possibly be effective. You know? and, and I think that's what we get, we get sucked into when we learn hypnotherapy via the standard hypnotherapy academies that we have um, in, in this country and in America, actually. There's a lot of fluff that we imagine, it, you know, like language patterns and, um, you know, trance work and depth of trance work. And we imagine that it's important because we're told it's important, we're told it's part of the process. And it's only when you sort of think, well, what if I didn't do it? You know, what if I just did the things that I think are actually fixing the problem? and then you realize it actually is just let's just streamline it. So I I broke it down to the seven steps that I think you've got to go through to get your results, you know. And some of these steps happen as you know spontaneously just from the way you position the work you're going to do either with yourself or with your client. Yeah. But you've got to hit them seven in some in some capacity and I think when you do the changes is, is almost guaranteed. It's um, so yeah, I don't I don't think I'm you know, I'm starting a revolution here of, of new thinking, but I do think it's I haven't ever had it laid out to me in this way uh, in terms of here's a systematic approach to non-trance subconscious work, which I think is, you know, possibly something that isn't as freely
1: available out there.
0: Definitely. I think
1: what's really good is rather than it taking an hour to get a problem fixed, it's done in between 10 minutes, 30 minutes maybe. And I think that's the real thing because we're all pushed for time these days. And what puts people off from going to change is I don't want to be sat in a room for an hour, an hour and a half. I wanna go in there ten minutes, get it done, go out again and get it fixed. And I think that's where the control system it comes into its own massively. Mm,
0: definitely.
2: Well that's it, I think I think this is this is the thing. I'm not don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking taking an hour to get it done, because let's face it, if you've had this thing for twenty years going on in your mind, an hour's not too long to get it sorted out really, is it, you know? Mm. But I know that when people are working with themselves they don't want to be sitting there for an hour doing this this kind of thought process work that they're doing. They want to just have a, a direct conversation. And I know that I came up with this because as a practitioner, if I had to do the elongated trance work with every client, I probably wouldn't still be practicing. Because for me, it's very important to maintain my energies and my focus yeah. that I'm working in a way that I resonate with and that I can give my best at. Yeah. So this is why... Uh, I think the control system kind of saved me in terms because I just love it. I'm never tired of it, and it's just it's just so direct, and it's always a joy to work with people as well. Even if we're dealing with you know depression, anxiety, there's still there's still smiles to be had, there's still there's still enjoyment. And the person goes away from that session feeling a heck of a lot better yeah. than when they got here. you know, and that's the thing I think where again, this differs from counseling or cognitive behavioral work in as much as I know you're going to feel better at the end of the session yeah. I know that you know and, and and you're not going to have a traumatic experience that you have to spend a day or two recovering from yeah, definitely. this is direct work this is fast work but it's not um but it doesn't trivialize what's going on but it, it, it gets you directly to where you need to be
0: definitely so um we're here specifically to talk about anxiety now we've had like a bit of background and everything so why anxiety Tim what is it about anxiety that has made you because you've got your own Facebook group um you know and and you specialize you're starting to specialize more and more in anxiety so and I think a lot of people get confused with what anxiety is so let's just dive straight into all of that
2: right okay so the reason anxiety is a number of reasons firstly it's something I've, I've suffered with personally so um it's part of my story, if you know, if, if that makes sense in terms of social anxiety that I suffered from. So I had to get rid of this for myself and I had to use ways other than your standard hypnosis because that's that's another, another incentive to come up with the system was a way that I could make changes for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, second reason why anxiety, the control system seems to be awesome for it. It's one of those things that just seems to respond so well to the way we work with control. And thirdly, anxiety is the biggest biggest problem in terms of emotional issues and, or mental health or whatever you want to label it as. It's the thing we see the most of. Mm-hmm. When I started out five, six years ago, I never really had anyone come in, in to see me saying, it's anxiety. They would have you know certain behaviours, certain patterns of thought going on, but the label of I'm suffering with anxiety wasn't really a label that everyone was commonly aware of. Mm-hmm. Now, it is... It's in the awareness of people. It just seems to be more than half the people I see, we're talking about anxiety in Mm -hmm. terms of what we're treating. And you could argue as well that nearly everything we're treating is anxiety-based at its root. So, yeah, that's why anxiety. And uh, to come on to what is it exactly, um, it seems like a really stupid thing to say, but it's an emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, just break it down. I say that because a lot of people regard it as an illness or a disorder or a condition, Mm -hmm. and it isn't. It's an emotion. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, uh, it can be it can be we, we grade it up to illness or disorder when it gets really, really high and out of control. Yeah. Which is, is probably no different to any emotion. Once we lose control regularly, habitually, constantly of a certain emotional response, then yeah, that's gonna be something difficult for us that when they are managing rather than just getting on with their lives for. So, um, so anxiety is an emotion, but I think it's important to, to make sure we, we refer to it as an emotion because we get these things from doctors that are these labels of you have an anxiety disorder, you are suffering from general anxiety, generalised anxiety, you're suffering from social anxiety, you're suffering from health anxiety, and you get a label for it. Yeah. Now, the doctors have to do this because when you go and see a doctor... You get between 8 and 10 minutes with them for a start. They've got limited options for you because they're not experts in mental health or emotional responses. Um, But also because the next time you go and see the doctor, you might have a different person in there. You might have a different doctor because it's a general practice and you can't always see the same person. So they have to give you a category of what you're suffering with. Mm -hmm. So that the next person that talks to you, oh, yes, I see from your records it's anxiety rather than you know, a broken leg or something, you know, so we need to know the category of of what we're dealing with. But the problem there is that you give somebody who's suffering from high levels of anxiety the label of an anxiety disorder, that's going to make them anxious. That's going to fuel the anxiety because that's quite an anxious thing to have to deal with now. Oh, I have a condition. I have a disorder. I might have to be medicated permanently for this emotional disorder that I have. Now, anxiety is there for a reason. Yeah, if we if we if we had no anxiety, then we'd be very very weird indeed. We wouldn't care about anything. You know, we'd be very strange. We would have a disorder then because we'd be one emotion short of a full set of emotions that we have, we have access to. Um, so I, I, um, you all know this because we work on this model when we're working with our clients. Bless you. Was that a sneeze, okay.
1: I don't know what that was.
2: <laughs> I thought, wow, Laura's really resonate with that last point I made there. That was a big reaction. Um, <laughs> But um, well done for, for not uh, taking the computer out with that one. Um, but yeah, the thing the thing is, um, every emotion is designed to get you somewhere. Yeah, so we, we talk about the crew of our ship, don't we? The, the parts of our subconscious all working together to get to where we need to go. Um, and your crew basically use emotions to steer you where they feel you need to go. So a, a classic example is this, If something your mind regards something as dangerous it will say right we have to keep you away from that dangerous thing so I'm going to trigger the emotional response of fear and the fear will feel so uncomfortable that the only way you feel comfortable again is to move away from the dangerous thing Mm -hmm. so it steers us where we need to go another one would be anger so if someone wrongs us the that we feel in terms of that anger and not being able to stop thinking oh, I've got to say something, I've got to say something, it's designed to right the wrong that we've been done and position us better in our lives because yeah. of this thing that's been done. So anger has function as well. Uh, even sadness, you could say, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a when we burst into tears and we can't, it's that cry for help, it's that I haven't the resources to deal with this thing that I'm, that I'm trying to take on, I need help from others and the, and the, the demonstratively sad response is the cry for help for other yeah. people to come get. So Anxiety has its own function. It is. Something important is coming up. Don't forget about it. So you could almost break it down to that. It's your crew saying, this is important. We need our captain, our conscious mind, to be focused on it. Yeah? Now, that's fine, because that's what we need to do. You know, we've got a report that needs to go, and we've got a meet us, So I had to be, you know, sitting here in front of my computer at a certain time today. So if I'm, you know, 10 minutes before I'm meant to be here, I'm not sitting down here. I have my room up, so I'm like, oh, a little bit anxious about that. My mind is reminding me I've got to go and do that thing, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's only when it starts to get really escalated that it now becomes a problem. Yeah. Because anxiety in and of itself, it doesn't need those extreme levels. If we were to rate it zero to 10... We only really ever need anxiety in this day and age for about one or two or three out of ten. Just that little nudge to remind us, don't forget to do that. Keep us focused on the important stuff and ignoring the stuff that isn't important. Yeah? Yeah. Now, when it gets up to seven or eight or nine out of ten, especially if it stays there, that's when it becomes a problem. That's when it becomes something that we're now, um, it now becomes our biggest source of anxiety is how bloody anxious we feel. Yeah, And that's when it gets out of hand. But the important thing is to remember, this isn't, an illness. This isn't, now I'm stuck with this. Even though your brain has rewired itself to do this, doesn't mean you can't rewire it back again very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Um, our, our synaptic connections, I believe, we have about 40 quadrillion of them, which is a lot, you know, and, and they're constantly rewiring and reconfiguring according to the input that we put in via our five senses. Yeah. So we're constantly rewiring this computer up here it's just about taking control of how we rewire it and getting it wired the way we want it, rather than the way life has decided it's going to be wired. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a that's kind of a an overview of anxiety, if you like, and and the, the kind of things that we're trying to deal with. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, why does it get so out of hand? Do you think, Tim, with people anxiety, and we just well, get absolutely. carried away with it.
2: That's a really good question because that's the question that everyone asks: Why? Have, why have I suddenly, if I haven't? got something actually wrong with my wiring, why have I suddenly got, you know, 10 out of 10 anxiety? Why did I suddenly have that panic attack in the high street the other day when I don't know what it was about, that sort of thing? The thing is, it tends to be the source of our high anxiety it tends to come from something important in our life that is just sitting there, you know, so something something quite, quite bigger than normal. So our mind says, I think shouting this a bit louder is now appropriate to so actually say, oh, this is really big, this is, you know. Um, but then for some reason, it just sticks there. Because, let's say, we can't take action on this thing we're anxious about because it's a month away or two months away or a year away or something just a constant in our life, yeah, or it repeats all the time. So it just sits there and it doesn't go anywhere. No matter how much you listen to it and say, I know what I'm anxious about is this thing, it's still got to be there because nothing's been done about it. There's no action we can take. Then, if you imagine this like a crew member that's shouting to get something done, then you've got all these other crew members in there who are getting their jobs done, like... Putting the bins out on a Friday morning, or remembering to get that report in, or remember to tape a favourite program. And back in the days when we had video, that <laughs> um, but you know, something, something like that, and and then they've got a shout to even be heard. So suddenly you're feeling really, really anxious about the most ridiculous thing, like going down to the shops, and, and you know, in, of a Saturday morning or something like that. And it's only because now that bit of you has to yell just to get heard over this constant yelling of this one other part that's got something big going on. Before you know it, everyone's training themselves to be shouting in there, rather than whispering, which is perfectly adequate to get a message across. And then you've just got the whole crew of people going off on one, going mental, all shouting at each other. And then you can't hear the detail of what you're anxious about anymore. You don't, when everyone's shouting in the room, you don't hear any detail at all. You're just aware that everyone's shouting. And that's when we're just sitting there with high anxiety. Then you get this one crew member that says, well, you know what I think we need to pay attention to? Is how bloody anxious we are all the time, mm. and then that becomes the thing that that party is shouting. Yeah. Now, inevitably, this big thing that started it all off passes. Your, your life moves on, or you know something, and you're thinking, "Well, I know I'll stop feeling anxious when I'm on the other side of my exams or my, you know, my, my graduation or yeah. something like that." But no, everyone's still shouting because in a room full of shouting people, everyone knows that whoever starts whispering is not going to get heard at all. Yeah. So everyone's still shouting. So really, what we're trying to do is tell your crew, everybody calm down. There's nothing to shout about anymore. Yeah. Yeah, And also educate them that, you know, the high levels of anxiety, the panic level, we we, that kind of became redundant to us when we stopped having to kill things to survive. Yeah. You know, when we stopped having to go into fight-or-flight mode on a regular daily basis. Now we might need that response once or twice in our life, you know, if, if we're lucky, if we're unlucky, rather. Um, so we don't really need that 10 out of 10 anxiety. So when I'm talking to people with subconscious, I'm saying, well, good effort, you know, thanks. You're really, you know, you're doing your job very well and much as this is getting my attention now, but can we just turn it all down? Yeah. One or two is fine, yeah? So my, m- my example of anxiety that is necessary, that actually we don't want to do, we don't want zero anxiety, but a bit of anxiety that's necessary every Friday morning, take the rubbish out because it's bin day. So I wake up, and there's a bit of like, oh, nudge of anxiety oh remember to take the bins out yeah. it's not like oh my god it's rubbish day you know it's like oh remember to do that and then I do it and it goes it's zero again where it should be on a, on a regular basis yeah, yeah? but guaranteeing if you've got something you know anxiety starting to creep back in there's something that isn't getting answered there's, there's a bit of your crew saying you said I haven't done this no you said I haven't done this you still haven't taken action on it and this is why when we feel anxious about something approaching maybe there's a bill that we haven't paid you know and it's hanging over us or there's somebody we've got to talk to, we've got to make a call, and we haven't made that call yet, you know. The best thing to do is just do it, because all the time it's hanging there, that bit's going to shout louder and louder and louder, trying to get heard. So it's all about managing these chaps up here in your, in your mind.
0: Do you think that... Sound mental, <laughs> <doesn't it? Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. Do you think that you could be anxious just in general, Like, because you tend to find some people just are anxious people, and yeah, they're yeah. just kind of like, oh, gosh, you know, I'll get up today and I've got to go to work and, oh, gosh, I hope that doesn't happen and, oh, my golly, and then they start worrying about if they're going to be involved in a terrorist attack or Donald Trump's going to, you yeah, know, yeah. release World War III and this kind of thing, do you know what I mean? And, and we tend to get yeah. people who are just anxious like that. I mean, is that the same thing? Yeah.
2: It, it kind of is because it's all learned. It's yeah. all learned because some people get taught that being anxious is the way you're meant to be. So oftentimes, people that are just habitually anxious can say, oh, my, parents, my mum was always anxious or my dad was always anxious, or something like that. Or things happened very early on that were a cause of anxiety. Classic example, I had, um, this was back in the day when I just started and I had a, a lady in with her mum and she had health anxiety and she was constantly concerned about her own health and what every little cough and sneeze meant and all that sort of thing. Um, and it turned out that when she was younger, she had been very ill. She had, she'd had quite a serious illness and been in and out of hospital all the time. And, um, and her mum happened to say, and so it was really just chance that her mum was in the session. You know, she was 20, 23, 24 years old. It wasn't like she needed the company, but her mum said, yeah, we were, we were always just so, so worried about it Cause she was such a fragile little thing, you know, and we were always, you know, slight right. little thing. And we would have to take her in the hospital. Just it wasn't an infection, you know, that sort of thing. And I said, look, I'm, I'm not blaming you, mum. But it's your fault. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. Um, but I mean, what I was uh, basically, she had taught her daughter that she was to be worried about. Okay, that her health was to be worried about mm. on a high level, mm. and she just learned. So she, as far as she could remember, she'd always been anxious about her health mm. because her mum had, had modelled that, had demonstrated that for her, and she just copied that response. The people that, that are saying, "I've always been anxious," I uh, literally from from the from two years old. I, I remember. Yeah, you may have always been anxious, but you, weren't, you didn't leap from the womb anxious. Yes,
0: yeah, true. You, know? you, didn't, you
2: didn't say you didn't leap out and say, right, me, where's, um, where's my next meal coming from? What am I? It's a bit cold in here. Am I going to catch a chill? You, know, you didn't have any of those, those understandings. Yeah. You were just born and you started to sponge up all the information that, that life was giving you. I have this really common response from people when they've had kids. They get to two, three, four years old and mum says, you know what, I'm starting to see them copying me. So I want to get rid of my fear of spiders or, or mice or something like that. And I'm like, "Why?" I'm so sorry, but it's way too late. Because everything has gone in before they were talking. Before you were talking to them, they were sponging all this stuff up. And they've, they've picked up on your vibes and your energy long before you actually started to actively teach them things. Um, and it's so difficult sometimes to trace where it started because it started before you're even aware anything was started you know everything that happens is generally learned at a childhood at a childhood stage even stuff that we regard ourselves as picking up when we were adults the seeds were planted back when we were a kid normally that's normally yeah. what we can trace it back to so yeah I, I, I totally get that sometimes it feels like we, we just we are this way yeah. this is who we are but if we buy into that then we have no chance of changing it no because the first thing you've got to do to change is recognise the possibility of change Yeah. yeah and that's that's kind yeah. of uh, but the thing is, once your mind does accept the possibility of change, when it says, oh, hang on, what do you mean I'm not, I'm not stuck being this way for the rest of my life? Mm. Suddenly it's like, right, it starts to look for how it can change. Your mind starts to open up the possibilities and it finds it really quickly. Yeah. Because yeah, it sees what other people are doing. It says, why can't I just be like that? And then as soon as the possibility is there that it can be, it's not going to be shy at updating. Yeah, we update all the time. And it's only the barriers of belief that stop us just going where we know we want to go. Yeah. And that's what we're always looking to, to break down, those, those things that we learn that maybe don't apply anymore.
0: And basically, our parents have screwed us up. Damn your
1: parents.
0: <laughs> my, my mum's online. Thanks, Mum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She'll blame me, Dad.
0: She will blame <laughs> my dad, definitely. Yeah. Um, but um, I love the way that you make it so simple. Like yeah. anxiety. Well, hopefully she... I am. That's one. Yeah, no, and I love that. That is my aim. Yeah. Do you
1: think? Yeah. That's, do you think people don't change because they think it's going to be compli- complicated to change and hard work to change?
2: Yeah, I think sometimes they do, and, and sometimes we get people that are right in the middle of situations beyond their control. Yeah, like, like life has has ended, for some reason they've ended up a certain place in life. Maybe they're in the wrong relationship. They're in the wrong job. You know, and actually changing that aspect of their life is going to be quite painful. You know, it's going to impact both my social circle and, and, and where I go every day and my income and that sort of thing. And there's things that, that we feel trapped in, yeah? Mm. But it's more about not what life's throwing at you, it's about how you're responding to it. Yeah? Mm. We always have the option of dealing with these things. Um, look, your mind, as complicated as it is, it loves simplicity. It loves to break it down to simple principles. And as soon as we take away all of that complexity of what does this mean if I go here, what does this mean if I go here, and you start to get low-level anxiety nudges in your mind rather than high-level, everything becomes manageable. Mm-hmm. All the stuff that was, that was this massive mountain to get over, it was really only anxiety that was making it that big. Once we, get, we handle it and we say, right, it might be a big thing in my life, but I'm not going to think about it when I'm trying to sleep at night, Mm. i'll get me rest because that's the most important thing at that moment mm. yeah this might be the biggest thing in my life but at this point at 10 30 in the evening when i'm laying in bed the biggest thing in my life is getting some rest mm. so mm. i'll stop thinking about it as mm. soon as your mind recognizes better strategies basic principles it will it will operate on them i, I never tell people things they don't already know mm. this is the thing i'll say you know should you really be thinking about tomorrow's work or the thing that's coming up in six months when you're trying to get some sleep no i know i shouldn't okay brilliant Well, let's tell the bit of you whose job it is to do that bit, which is your subconscious. Yeah, there's never, there's never any. I never get the argument of, well, maybe I should be worrying about this through the night. Maybe staying awake at night worrying is the best strategy. Nobody ever says that to me because it's obvious it isn't. It's just about getting that bit of you to know that it isn't.
0: You know, yeah, getting it in there. And so, what's the best way of dealing with this whole anxiety issue? I mean, obviously, we can come and see you. can come and do your control workshops of course but what's one of the best ways if say for example someone can't get to you or you know um i don't know they can't afford to come and see you or whatever it is is there any advice you can give somebody who may be suffering right now and they're in the grips of it and they are can't get to sleep or all this kind of stuff
2: Here's the thing, this is why I set up the the group on Facebook, it's called Clear Your Head and it's basically a source of regular advice and questions answered, all that sort of thing. I'm on there, I also enlisted the the help of some of the people that I really trust in in the, the mental health arena so Zoe Clues from Harley Street is an example, I've got all of my practitioners on there as well And it's just a resource for people to say, right, I'm going to come on here. I'm just going to post what's going on at the moment. And also there's loads of posts that I put up regularly, which is those basic principles, those insights that we have into how your mind can respond better. Um, I set it up rather than going, because I joined a group that was about anxiety and depression. It's got like 100,000 people in it. And, um, and I started to post stuff in there and I just realised that the culture in there was to talk about medication and what pills and what tablets you were using mm. because they were totally brought into the framework of I have anxiety not I feel anxious, I have anxiety You know, and that's the thing. And so now I'm. it's about getting my meds right to change it. So I thought, you know what, let's start a group that is medication-free. You know, you can talk about it, but don't think you're going to swap tips on dosages and and all these names that I don't know what they mean or that sort of thing. Because I can't talk about... I'm not a doctor. I don't want to talk about meds. And, and, you know, I never never say, right, come off your medication, because that's out of my remit. I let people make that decision for themselves. But I know you don't need medication. You know, I I don't... um, When it comes to anxiety... That's not a necessity. Mm. Anxiety can be controlled and is best controlled free of any medication and just get in control of those patterns of thought that's going on. Um, So I would always advise people, find um, a good resource that they can rely on, that they've got a little bit of just... Because oftentimes with anxiety, what you really need is someone to say, look, I totally understand how you're feeling and it's okay. Yeah. Yeah? It doesn't mean you've got something wrong or you're damaged or you're broken. It's okay. It means you're human. Yeah. you're feeling anxious about something yeah it's important I think I would as well let's see if we can't just turn it down because yeah. a lot of the time the, th- you're, the thing you're anxious about is like 4 or 5 out of 10 and then the fact that you're feeling anxious adds another 3 or 4 onto it because now that means I'm anxious and that's my anxiety doing that you know. Yeah. so the biggest thing we're anxious about is how we can't seem to get rid of anxiety yeah. Yeah, but we don't want to get rid of it we want to we work with it. We, want it we want it to be our friend Definitely. and we want it at levels that we feel are appropriate for the things that we're anxious about
1: yeah. As soon as the doctor, so that's that's what I would say. As soon as the doctor stuck a label on you, it's even harder to get rid of it or reduce it, because like I'm um, the doctor exactly. said, I'm an- I'm anxious, I've anxiety, so he knows best that I do. So I'm I'm going to act in that way. I'm going to behave in that way.
0: Well, we're conditioned to believe doctors. One hundred percent, aren't we?
1: So as soon as you've got a label, yeah. oh, I've well, got that label. I have to act that way look, I, I
2: love doctors. They've, they've saved me more than once in my life, you know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't still be here without them, probably. But um, they're not mental health professionals. They're not, and they wouldn't claim to be. Um, and the, and the, the amount of time they get with somebody... Um, and all the tests that doctors will do to see if you're anxious or depressed involve simply ruling out medical stuff, things that might cause... An imbalance in hormones because you've got something wrong medically look at me this is my medical gesture body that sort of thing but the thing the thing that they don't do they can't give you a test to find out your anxiety levels Mm. because it's not it's not that sort of thing they can measure or the level of depression you're feeling that sort of thing they simply ask you how you've been feeling that's all they've got and then you're you're basically putting yourselves in the hands of a medical professional who this is not their area so it's, and they'll give you that label, and you'll walk out of there, you walk in saying, I'm feeling really anxious lately, and then you'll walk out with a diagnosis of an anxiety disorder.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: You're like, well, I've got a disorder now? That sounds, that sounds quite bad. Yes, That sounds like something I should be worried about. That sounds like something that I should be anxious about, actually. <laughs> you know, and, and before you, know you've you've amplified it into something that it didn't need to be, and the doctor didn't want to give you a whole load of other anxiety, but that's what they've got. What, what else have they got? They've got pills and they've got counselling, but they've got to give you a label to give you that that help. Yeah. No, so yeah, you're right. It's just it, it just is counterproductive. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, um, I'm just going to ask if anyone's got any questions, just to shoot them in the go to webinar um, box. But while they're doing that, Tim, I want you to tell us. How can people get hold of you? How can they find out more about you? What, just tell us the name um, of your group again. Do you want to mean all that kind of stuff?
2: Yes, they can get me on Facebook. Uh, Timbox, the control system, is my Facebook. You can find me there. Join the Clear Your Head group. Yep. There's, um, you've got to be approved by me, but I haven't found anyone I didn't approve so far. I don't know what they would be someone I can't approve. I don't know. Um, but, uh, and also, my website is the control system dot cool. interestingly another thing that you another resource you've got you can download the online version of my workshop okay. so it's, it's like a two and a half hour training and it's um I, I've, I don't know what i can't remember what price it is now but that's that's a paid thing so i would always say if, you, if it's cost that's keeping you from coming to see me or coming to attend a workshop get on the clear your head group that's going to be the best resource for you because there's people on there every day who you can actually have access to and have a talk to but okay. best way of doing this the way I love helping people with anxiety, come and do a one-day workshop with me. I mean, I've got one on Friday. You guys are facilitating on it, aren't you? You're yep. there. So we've got, like, all yep. three of us. It's
0: like it's like The dreams
2: team, dream team! It's a massive opportunity.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the three superheroes.
0: Exactly. So if anyone is on here now...
2: I imagine what's going to go down that
0: day. I just... <laughs> yeah. um, if anyone's on here now and they really like what Tim's saying, what we're saying, then, yes, on Friday there is a workshop. PM me, PM Tim. PM it's for El- Elbaz. Shh, just it's 9 nine thirty till four thirty. It will change your life definitely, without a shadow of a doubt. Come down, listen to it. If you're working, book the day off work or call in sick. Uh,
1: uh.
2: <laughs> That's a lot. One of, I was going to say as well. If you're one of um, uh, one of your guys, so one of the, uh, the only people that are on here are going to be your guys. So I will do. I'll do like a, like, discounted price or something. Wow. Just That's as a, a little benefit of for your guys. You. It's normally, it's normally like 125 for the day, but I'll do it for 95 if it's one of your people. So wow. we have to say, we should have a password, shouldn't we? be a magic word that we people say? We should have a magic word. And they may word. mail in to get a special price.
0: What, what can be the magic yeah. word? Wonder Woman or Oh, excellent. Done. Done, Wonder Woman. Right, excellent. So, guys, you've got <laughs> that, you've got that offer. That's a pretty PM's amazing Wonder offer. Woman. Definitely. And, yeah, definitely. Um, I've got one question come in. Um... What's the most amazing life change you've helped someone with?
2: Oh my god. That's that's so that's right that's a right on the spot one that is. Cause now if it's not really impressive, they're gonna be like, mm, okay, that, that's the best thing? <laughs> um oh, I don't know. I think the one that sticks out for me, um yeah, a lady came in, she said I've she wrong, she said i had a I basically had a headache, uh a concert like, for seven years. Oh and I said, "My thought, you know, my God, have you been to the doctor?" I said, "Yes, I have," <laughs> which was, you know, which. And um, and then, and we had it session two. We had that moment of I going, "I've not got a headache. I don't understand. I'm not, I haven't felt this for seven years." Wow. It was, it was really, yeah, it was really sort of amazing. Kind of another one was um, a lady that had had a, a difficult hysterectomy. I say difficult. She'd had like. Five corrective surgeries over ten years, having done it, it was just she was in constant pain. And again, we got rid of that pain in the room on the day, which was so. When you see that sort of that immediate Rising. relief from pain, mm. that for me is the one that just sticks in your mind. But um, in terms of anxiety stuff, they're all they're all incredibly. Um, I mean, I love the follow-up sessions when it's anxiety because. People will say, right, i say, where is your anxiety now? And they say, well, I was quite interested about in coming here, so it's about eight or nine out of ten. And I'll say, where does it sit from a daily basis? They'll say something like five or six out of ten. It's never anywhere below that. I wake up and it's there, and I go to bed and it's there. And, um, and then to get rid of the you know, zero on the day, and they leave with it at zero, and you're looking at the, the look on the face like... I don't understand, you know. And they st- they can't even feel anxious about the prospect of it might not last. You might- They think, I hope it lasts. I'm really sort of... Yes. I'm not saying you're anxious about that. No, I'm I'm not really anxious about it. I'm just hoping it does, you know what yeah. I mean? And then, and then they come back and they're saying things like, well, I'm just getting on with my life now. I'm just, you know, it's sort of like all the things that I was prevented from doing, I'm just getting on and planning to do. And I don't feel anxious about the prospect of doing them either. And that's... So that's like, you know, you, you just... It's difficult on on those occasions not to feel a little bit um, emotional, you know, in terms of, yeah, it's a good feeling.
0: Well, Well, I know even for us, when we had our session with you, our control session with you, our one-to-one, you know, know, the one thing that sticks in my mind, because I was worried about, you know, who are we what are we to be doing this, you know, we're only, you know, people from Dover and that kind of thing. And the one thing that always sticks in my mind from you was the biggest fear is that you don't do it at all. And whenever I am anxious about someone, I always remember that. So you have played a massive role in Baz and I actually in the past six months coming out of ourselves and doing all of this, you Definitely. know. So that's why we're so passionate about the control system and helping people in that way too, so, which is awesome. That's so
1: cool. I've got a question for you, Tim. If you're in the middle of London town, okay, you've been given a billboard, you love to help people, as we know you do, what message would you put on the billboard to help as many people as you possibly could? <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> that's a good <great> question.
2: Um... <laughs> What would I put on the billboard? Yeah. Gee, well, thanks, Barry. I can, I'm just looking at the questions you on the list here, the questions I was going to get from you, and I'm like, exactly. that's not on, that. not on there, is it? Yeah, yeah. All right, probably, um... Probably something like, everything usually turns out OK. Love that. I
1: like it. Love it. And <laughs> I love it because it's so simple.
2: Or something like, you are stronger than you think, because that's that. the very common theme, yeah. That's and um you know. yeah. <laughs> that was real that's real on the spot. I'm gonna get I'm gonna turn off this in a minute and suddenly go, oh, there, there was my I um, know, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we've got one more question before we go into the quick fire from Heather. She says, I think we might have already answered this, but maybe uh, we need to just answer a little bit more clearer. So how can you stop worrying and have a good night's sleep?
2: Right, okay, this is this is the thing, because it's not it's one thing to say you're you're consciously aware of all the thoughts you have this, okay this is a very long potentially could be a very long answer so I'm going to trim it down just go There's for a low, it the things you do consciously as in your preparation for bed ultimately though everything you're doing is designed to let your subconscious know that it is not to be thinking about the stuff you're worrying about I have a very specific definition of what worrying is yeah, it's puzzling and pondering over things you cannot influence, mm. yeah, or you cannot control, Yeah, worrying, um, if you're, if you're at work, and you're, pu- you've got a puzzle, you've got a challenge of doing it, you're not worrying, you're thinking, you're puzzling, you're solving, and you take action, yeah, yeah. worrying is when you're thinking about things that you can't actually take action on, yeah. so it's like that crew member having a little nag, 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 shout, 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 but there's no action you can take, all it's doing is just plugging into your mind than just keeping you awake, you know. Mm. So it's like a bit of you that won't let you forget the thing that you've got to do. Because if you go to sleep now and it comes out of your conscious awareness, we'll lose it. That'll be it, we'll never find it again, you know. Yeah, so what I normally, a little exercise you can do, and we do this on the workshop actually, is kind of picture yourself in a lovely place that is free of stress as well. Because obviously you've got to reduce your cortisol levels to get you sleep. Yeah. So go somewhere that's not you know like a bit wherever you would go to be at peace, at rest with nothing to do. Um, and in that perfect place of yours, put a little container. And in that container, put all the stuff you could think about that could keep you awake. Yeah, because the thing that your subconscious is doing is not letting you put the stuff down because it says you won't remember where you left it. Mm. And you'll wake up in the morning and you'll have forgotten it. So you've got to tell your subconscious in a way your subconscious understands, which is imagination. That's that's the language your subconscious speaks, imagination and emotion. So you've got to do it in a way that your subconscious is, oh, okay, well, I know where that is. There. Yeah. So I can leave it. I can stop bringing it into your conscious awareness and we can just put that there and leave it. Close the container down nice and safe. You know where it is and let yourself just get to sleep. And also, biggest tip, stop trying to get to sleep. Yeah, you cannot sleep if you try to sleep. It doesn't happen yeah. because you try it consciously.
1: Sleep, and you sleep, need to be sleep, like, oh, sleep, 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 sleep. <laughs> <No, no, no. laughs>
2: sleep right now um you've basically the the best strategy for getting to sleep is always just to think about something nice you know almost like try to keep thinking about the nice thing because then your cortisol will reduce and your melatonin that you're producing naturally will start to kick in and before you know it you, you're gone that's always my that's my technique for going right. to sleep i will lay there i will instantly just think of nice things yeah uh, i've always i've got the same i've got the same nice things i tend to think of. i won't tell you what they are they're fine um, but you know <laughs> I don't think I want to know, especially things. inside your head. Some family, you know, well, it's not, not all shed, is it? Yeah. Um, but, you know, we, I just think about some nice things. And before you know it, I haven't completed the thought because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm asleep. Yeah. You know, my mind is very well trained, but my head, head, head is the pillow. And my subconscious, my crew members say, oh, hang on, down tools, we're going to sleep. Yeah. That's it. And I wake up when the alarm goes off so no. I'm not you know I'm not just going to be smug about that I'm not you know I know with, for somebody that suffers with insomnia the person that says funny I can sleep anywhere it's amazing it's really <laughs> annoying so but I you know I didn't always I just I just worked out ways that I can shut myself down it's not about trying to go to sleep it's about shelving the stuff that you could be worrying about and just letting your mind think lovely thoughts nice things anyway
1: and what's your thought about doing mundane, mundane stuff? Because I, I read an article that Tetris is the best game to switch the brain up before you go to sleep because it, it's just blocks coming down and you're just going blocks, blocks,
2: blocks, blocks, blocks. Yeah, doing absolutely. That I think you have to have that, that shutdown period. Because yeah. if you're working, 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 you're like a racing car that's trying to stop on a certain point. Mm. Now, if you're going at full speed, you're going to massively overrun that point. You're going to lay there with your mind trying to shut down and wind down and slow down. You have to do that thing where you let yourself wind down. So stop working, stop doing stuff that is constructive and functional long before you lay down to go to sleep, yeah? yeah? And the other thing that people do, which can be counterproductive, not always, some people, if they do it right, it works, do that list before you go to bed of things so that you know I won't forget it because it's here waiting for me in this yeah. list. And that's normally what people mm-hmm. tell me when, this, when I tell them to put the stuff in the little container in their, in their perfect place in their mind. They say, well, I do that with a list. Yeah, yeah, but you're not used to writing stuff down to stop thinking about them. Yeah. You're used to writing them down to start thinking about them and start working on them. Yeah. So as soon as you bring it, okay, that I've got to do, yeah, that I've got to do, all you're doing is bring it into your conscious awareness, all the stuff that you've got to do tomorrow. Now, if you can effectively then use that as your filing away method, that's great, but for the people that are struggling with that, it's because they're kickstarting the thoughts about yeah, those that, things that, that they're that writing. Yeah. If you're going to do this for work tomorrow... Do it when you finish work at 6 or 7. You know, right. if, you, if you're running on late at 6 or 7 or 8 o'clock, do it then and allow yourself an hour or two to be free of any of those thoughts. Yeah, get Let that. your mind wind down a bit. Yeah. Um, there's, but there are loads of things we could be doing and that we might be doing wrong in terms of keeping ourselves awake. There's so many. It's not just about what your subconscious is doing. There's loads of things you're consciously doing in terms of your routine that could influence it as well. That could yeah. affect. It.
0: Great. Thank you. Good answer, definitely. Brilliant. So, um, are you ready for the
1: next lot of questions? Yeah,
0: let's uh, let's round this up with the old quick fire questions. Are you ready? I'm just going to flex my fingers.
1: Flex the
0: guns. Oh, for God's sake. Right, okay. So, go on then. You go first. You go first. Okay, number one most inspirational quote. Right,
2: my favourite quote is Charles Darwin one. Which says it's not the uh, strongest or the most intelligent that survives, it's the one most adaptable to change.
1: Oh, I like that. And that's that very a very one. relevant one. What's your favourite destination you've been to and why?
2: Uh, Fuerteventura. Uh, that's where myself and my partner Britt go on holiday every year. And I think we only love it because there's a particular karaoke bar that is really, really cool.
0: Um, so that's,
1: <laughs> I want a Facebook that. Live of that oh we've got to see <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will get one yeah, we're away that's going on to bring on that question there pretty one. well
0: I love it so um, what do you want to be known for Tim
2: the control system This is that's my legacy work that's what I want to get out there I want it to be as well known as NLP, CBT all the yeah. other acronym based therapies Yeah. Uh, that's really what I'm for.
1: what's your favourite movie and why
2: Oh, this is a difficult one for me. It used to be an American Wealth in London because oh. I just love it. It's like a proper retro horror comedy stuff. But um, I think now, I think it's kick ass. Oh, I, I that's love, cool. I like that
0: movie. Oh, yeah, that is a good movie. Yeah, I, I, like, I, like, I
2: like, there's a lovely blend of really funny and really quite intense emotional scenes as well. And I just I thought it was just an awesome, um, the energy in it is amazing.
0: I'm I'm slightly offended you didn't say Wonder Woman, but we'll just leave it there. Um, it <laughs> what, is a what's your favourite song of all time and why?
1: And sing it.
2: Oh, no, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> that. okay. um, it's really difficult because I'm I'm like an old you know I used to listen to a lot of the Smiths and the Cure and and this Charming Man by the Smiths was always my favourite song ever. Um, or please, please, please let me get what I want. But they're really depressing. So it's a, it's a wonder I'm the like positive, life-affirming chap that I am, having grown up listening to the Smiths and the Cure. Perhaps I got it all out my system. That's probably what it
0: was. Maybe, maybe.
1: What's your first childhood memory that you can remember? Oh, that's
0: really
2: cool. I think, I think it might be making snowmen with my sister um, in the garden of our first house. This is that's what came into my mind. Or it could be the way I started supporting Tottenham Hotspur, I can't remember. But I got, um, my mum came home with a pencil case from work, and I didn't know what football was, and, and on this, p- on this pen- pencil case, because it had just been left in the desk that she had inherited in her new job, and it said Tottenham Hotspur, and I said, what do those words mean? And she said, well, it's a football team. So for the first time ever, I watched the football that weekend, and Spurs won, and ever since then I've been afflicted with supporting Tottenham Hotspur as a result of that. So uh, oh. that's, that's one of my earliest, like properly defined memories of my childhood.
0: That's pretty cool. I love it. um Right, this one. What question have you never been asked, but you've always want to be asked
2: it? um Like maybe, can I please have your autograph? <laughs> <such an>
0: interesting... <laughs> I love that. I don't, um,
2: I don't know. I can't. I, honestly, I don't.
0: I'm gonna ask that question what, at the weekend.
2: What, what, what I don't. I don't know. Um, I don't I don't know. I won't know until someone asks it, I think. But <laughs> I love
0: it. Good. And the last one then.
1: Who's your biggest inspiration and why?
2: Biggest inspiration. Um currently, as in I can only say now, um, and probably it's it's Brit, it's my art. Because oh. she's amazing. And um and when before I met her, I didn't um I didn't have a control system, I didn't have Ambitions to to be anything other than your you know your village hypnotherapist, if you like, and uh, yeah, just she's because I see her being amazing mm. every day, and uh, it's it's one that I know I'm sure you can resonate with this you two because you I know you inspire each other as well, and I think I I, I could give you you know a, a, a David Bowie or something like that, but really the one that influences me most in my life every day is Britt.
0: Ah, oh, that's awesome. That's and we've had Brit on. She who us. bakes. She who bakes. We've had her we on. So if you haven't seen or heard that one, then go back and watch it. Definitely. Yeah, so, she's awesome. Uh, definitely. Well, Tim, thank you so much for coming and speaking to us, guys. Um, we've got a couple coming in. Awesome webinar. Thank you. Amazing session. Thank you very much, Tim. So yeah, thank you so yeah. much for coming. In. It's been such a good webinar, and the time has flown. Isn't it? Yeah. I know, absolutely insane. So I've only,
1: I've only said about three words today. So You've which done is,
0: very well. She's cool with those three words. It's
1: yeah. more than I'm allowed to normally say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so Tim, thank you so much, guys. You know where to find him. Um, we'll put the link up in the crew and the hub, so you guys can find the uh, the way to Tim's group as well. Why and amazing. remember that special offer that Tim is offering for this Friday. If you can get there, get there.
1: I would really recommend it to you. It just gives you awareness and gives you that clarity of thought so you know you can change. Yeah. And as, as Tim said, to make changes, you need to understand about change.
0: Definitely. And Tim's you know, kindly given that offer as well to give some money off, so the password is Wonder Woman. So, thank Tim, you. thank you so much for um, coming and chatting to us all. It's been super.
1: Someday later. Thank you, guys.